ックが少し空いたが、畑川、サポートはあります、まだあります、さあ、外スペースがある、勝負に行く、まだトライはありませんが、日本ボールキープ、広いスペースにボールを運ぶ、マフィー、外2人、数的には余った、いけー、いけー、トライ、トライ、日本、日本逆転。Yeah, that was the、uh, Japanese commentator's understandably very excited reaction to what I think is one of the biggest sporting upsets in, in history.、Uh, we're joined、uh, to go through the papers、uh, by Bernice Harrison, the Irish Times, Barry Devlin of Horse Lips, and journalist、uh, Eamon Delaney.、Um, Barry, were you watching it yesterday? Hey, I, I, was, I was hauled into the room to be watching it. I, I decided that that was, you know, it was such a foregone conclusion. Yeah, it looked like a, a kind yeah, of a dead、yeah, rubber. The,、yeah. the, the, the big criticism of the Rugby World Cup is there's too many one sided games. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. this looked like it was going to be another、yeah. one of those in advance. This would, well, this would probably have done more for,、uh, for people who wouldn't have been that interested in, you know, it's, it's such a classic case of a, a wonderful, massive upset. By you know, the tiny Japanese against the, the, the lads who lord it over the sport, you know, and people love that stuff. So, you know, by the time six o'clock came around, there were people analysing the game who didn't know what the game was. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was you know, suddenly the, the, the tough yards and at the breakdown and,、uh, you know, what, grubbers. I, th- I think what was really extraordinary about it was they, they had an opportunity to kick a penalty. You know, a pretty much unmissable penalty that would have guaranteed them a draw. A draw, yeah. And, and went, instead of doing that, they, they actually the went for the try. Yeah, they were fantastic. It, I mean, it, With incredible it, courage to do that. Not only that, but yeah, of course. And, and it was it, such a fairy tale because well, it, normally what happens is when teams do this, they fall at the very last hurdle and they get this wonderful moral victory and people go remember. Yeah, we kind of specialise that、mm. in this. Yeah, we're, particularly we're, with we're, games against yeah, the All Blacks. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I kind of went, there you go. There, and then. They did this extraordinary thing when they went, we're not going to kick the penalty, we're going to go for a try. And I'm kind of going, no, that isn't that, that's mad. And they did it. It's, it's just, it is astonishing. Yeah, Bernice, are you a rugby World Cup fan? Well, it's the World Cup, so you're going to watch a bit of it. I,、yeah. I didn't see that because, of course, I was watching Ireland v. Canada. So I watched that. And, you know, being not huge on rugby, of course, at some point I was. Kind of wanting the Canadians to score because the scoreboard did look very bare. It did. And when they did score that try, I was quite pleased. So I, I think that sort of fed into. Don't think Joe Smith was. Well, <laughs> I think it sort of fed into the, the, how people felt about Japan.、Uh, who doesn't love an underdog? Yeah. To a point, obviously. Eamon, are you.、Uh, yeah, I, I, I would be feel this entirely the same. And I didn't watch Ireland for that reason. I just thought it would be so one sided. I thought I couldn't. Uh, sorry, <laughs> cursing. Yeah, you know, uh, we'll let you away. Well, yeah, I, I, no, it's, I, um, it's exciting, the World Cup, but it, it, it is so many games now. The, the Soccer World Cup is the same. Rugby has much more potential for one sided encounters, and、uh, there's so much pre match analysis. There's so much pre match analysis about sport now, generally everywhere. So I didn't watch the kind of game, and then I turned on the social media and saw Japan. I thought,、mm. wow, that's amazing, you know. South Africa, the, the absolute aristocrats. And a tradition on the opening day of a tournament, you know, the Soccer World Cup,、uh, there's a couple of instances I can't bring them to mind now. That's the day when the upsets happen, you know. So it's such a lot of. I mean, I don't remember an upset of this. I mean, yeah, I think, it, Barry, you've got to go back to England being beaten by the US in the Soccer World Cup in 1950, North Korea beating <laughs> Italy in,、oh, in 1960. Yeah, 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 the Italians yeah, yeah. at that time were, I think, greeted at the airport. With tomatoes, the、uh, <laughs> yeah. Italians treat yeah. tomatoes after. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine something similar could happen in South Africa. Well, the South African, the, the, 
captain has already apologised to the nation on behalf of his <laughs> bedraggled. I mean, you know, they'll still come. They'll still come out of the group. You think? Um, ah, yeah, I think they will. I, I think they'll beat Samoa, and uh, and 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 I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's 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 marvelous fun, but I'm not sure that it's mm. that they won't recover. I mean, Germany does stuff like this in every World Cup in soccer. You know, they get mm. they do a bunch of draws in the pool group, and then they go out. And this is pretty demoralising, though. It's not great. No, I, yeah. uh, but it, it's. Uh, Actually, yeah, it, it, I suppose it is because it's not like they pinged one score and then parked the bus. They they matched them score for score all it the is. way and looked as good as them. Um, so yeah, I still think I still think that uh, South Africa will come out of the uh, uh, that come to haunt yeah, us. Yeah, okay, <laughs> hey, come here. The last day you were in, I think you were you were heading off to Crow Park to see your beloved Tyrone yeah. ultimately fall short against yeah. Kerry. How, what, how do you what how do you call today's I game? Think, I, you know, I think Kerry probably have enough long grass around them and sharp enough knives to, to do the job but I'd, I'd actually like to see Dublin win because I, I like how they play football and uh, three of my children it seems are Dubliners <laughs> are they <laughs> Dublin fans despite what was the old banner uh, Dublin for Sam Kerry for the holidays wasn't that what they used to say in the, in the 1970s but uh, I, I fancy the Dublin as well I have to say but it's yeah. it's going to be very difficult to call that one um, let's move on watching. Yeah, uh, oh, definitely we were watching. Yeah, let's hope it's a good game as well after last year's very disappointing uh, game between Donegal and, and Kerry. Uh, Eamon Lane, let's talk about Jeremy Corbyn. Um, a lot of coverage, particularly across the UK papers uh, today. I'm just looking at a flavour of some of the headlines. Corbyn's shame over Queen Slur is the Sunday Telegraph's take. Corbyn, my plan for the People's Railway. Uh, the London Independent, the Labour leader, reveals details of his first policy. He will renationalise the railways. And uh, lots more coverage. Uh, besides, what, he had a pretty bad first week, didn't he? Um, yeah, he did. I mean, by the terms of how one is supposed to behave in Britain uh, in terms of media and politics, I mean, I'm reading... Well, sort of Be organised, for example. I mean, it was uh, it was chaotic at times, wasn't well, it? Well, how do you mean? I mean, the selection of his front bench was yeah. overheard by Sky reporters mm. hanging outside. The, you know, I mean, someone overheard something... I didn't think it was so chaotic. I thought I saw the clip. I mean, I watched it many times, and I watched Sky's review of the week last last night with uh, Andrew, Kevin Maguire, and uh, um, Andrew Pierce both to do a left for right thing, and and they have this knockabout. But and then we're talking about is it getting to be really a, a case of you know there's a protocol that is ridiculously unfair um, and set by the tabloids Does he, is he not singing the national anthem or whatever I mean well, what did you make of his decision not to sing the national anthem well I, I thought it was I thought he could at least have bluffed it but he stood there and gave respect to the event bear in mind Cor- we, we, like you have to like I'm looking at a piece here about the, the populace and, and Corbyn and how he's been elected he's elected by the party it's not a nationalist so his party base is really quite left wing an anti-monarchy and is quite Republican yeah, but in he wants to be Prime Minister but, but that's a long way away Shane I really do no, no, I, I, I don't think it, look, we just had a British election it's a long way away uh, but and the I, question I is I suppose the question is can somebody become Prime Minister if they don't sing the national anthem I mean I, I accept it's a very uh, simplistic maybe, question maybe, but yeah, it, it is a, it like, is a real I, I don't know he has to but he, he can't just suddenly be elected as you know he's coming from the left of the party he's very much he's even to the left of Michael Foote and we're back to that scenario again we're back to that kind of 
media culture in Britain again. Uh, so he can't just abandon all his principles and suddenly start doing no, the things true. the Daily Mail wants um, him to do. No, so Bernie Sarsen, actually, an interesting piece in, in your paper yesterday. Yeah, Noel, Noel, Noel Whelan yeah, had a good very, piece yeah, on it. Yeah, he, he, he sort of went through the week and he said, uh, really, that it's... I, I'll just read a tiny bit from it. He says, with typical self-regard, the British media have made the change of opposition leadership about them. Large chunks of the news cycle have been given over to whether Corbyn's media style or lack of it has been has been fatally has fatally damaged his leadership. And he he makes the point that some of the the sort of spin against him by the media is 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 more subtle than others. That even the BBC the BBC have taken to call him the um, the left wing leader of the Labour Party. Yeah, well, yeah. as opposed to what? Yeah. Uh, like, and, and do they describe David Cameron as the right wing <laughs> prime minister? So, um, and they they make the point that you know uh, that it's, it seems as everything he did this week, uh, there was the the media was waiting to beat him with a stick about that. At one point, he 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 doesn't like using chauffeur driven cars as he shouldn't if if he is the left-wing leader mm-hmm. of the Labour Party. And then the media followed him down the street shouting questions at him and he, he, he just refused to answer. He, he just walked straight on. And then the, the media pundits then in Britain decided actually that was fantastically rude of him. Well, who was being rude? Yeah. It's amazing how the media sort of regarded almost as as politicians' job to serve their needs. Completely. Mm. Compl- this is, sorry, this is nothing new. I mean, I'm reading Noel Williams' piece and I thought a man of his age should remember. This is the 80s all over it. Neil Kinnock, you know, he falls in the in the surf at Brighton. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but the same culture. I mean, I remember, and I wrote about this, in, I was in New York in 1992, the British Embassy, our consulate for the election party, walking out and all the British papers were there. Only two supported Labour. And it was, it was vicious, you know. So the idea that this is new is... is it's just not new. It, 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 this mm-hmm. is, he's got to get used to it. I think what's interesting, though, is the Labour Party have kind of revealed that the political landscape has very much moved to the right. So for Labour to get re-elected as a mm-hmm. government, it seems things can change in four or five years. We don't know what's coming around the country. It seems that they cannot have an, a leader who actually is an authentically left-wing leader. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of interesting. And the, la- and the media are most of it. Remember the social media as well. The media is, under, uh, is going undergoing change. But the existing newspaper titles think that's the way that things should be. Mm. I think the Daily Mail surpassed themselves today. In, in They've been having a go at him every single day this week. Um, so they, they keep calling him the sex pot trot. And there's a whole piece about him, his affair with Diane Abbott. Yeah, and very how, So they've managed to get his first wife to come on record and say, you know, some spat she had with Diane Abbott in 1979. Mm. There was a kind of a motorcycle's diary thing, didn't they? Did they go across East Germany on a motorbike or something, wasn't it? I think it's what happened. Yeah. Well, uh, but, but it does sound very romantic. <laughs> but even the, so, that so sexpot trot in in the Sunday Times and then uh, in the the Mail and then the the Sunday Times as well. The motorcycle diaries. Why Jeremy Jeremy and Diane's hot affair came to a spluttering halt. I mean. This is supposed to be a broadsheet newspaper. Yeah, and they pulled out some quote, I think, from Diane Abbott talking about the best half hour of her life was in a field in Which, D- Dorset or something. <laughs> Way too much information with a, with a map. Barry Dan, what did you make of the coverage well, of I, I, Corbyn the, today? The, in, in, on, on the broader tapestry, there, there are two things at, at issue here. There's reality, as represented by Corbyn, and there's how the tabloids would like reality to be, as represented by the, the kind of Really fatuous attacks, but but mad mad dog attacks on him. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, 
what they do is they turn you into a figure of fun if you're not mm. doing what they think you should be doing. Yeah. Like, typically, uh, that he, thing, if he decided to say silent while a guy hollered mm. at him with a oh, microphone, shocking. Yeah, why, yeah. why well, not? Why I, not? And But the point is, that was taken by the media as showing that you are an idiot and uh, ignorant and ill-mannered. As you so say, who's, who's ill-mannered? So what I mean is, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, what, what Corbyn is doing, some of the things Corbyn is doing is quite sensible. Nationalise, time to nationalise the train, you know, nationalise water, you know, get... But we're, th- not, we're hardly hearing that yet, you know, we're still, I mean, we're still mired. In it, but you're, you're not to, getting to hear any of that stuff. So you uh, can't do right for doing wrong, and I, do, I don't mean right... In a political way, uh, the uh, Sunday Times say, you know, uh, when front benches demanded Corbyn agreed to sing the national anthem, smarten himself up and hire a spin doctor, Corbyn was irritated. And then they go on to say, by the end of the week, Corbyn had hired Neil Coleman, an old City Hall hand, as his head of rebuttal, and Kevin Slocum as a former union spin doctor, uh, as his spokesman. So, uh, you know, he, he now is realising the game he's in. He now apparently is trying to suit and boot himself up and trying to get the people around him who can deal with the media. And then he's now been criticised for that. Yeah. But you, I wish he wouldn't. I would like to be you more you have to play the game to, mm, some, to extent. some extent. For yeah, sure. don't you? And Britain's yes, changed sure. also. Like, I, he, in the 80s, and, and I, like, like you could trash the monarchy and you could kind of... War was, you know, something that if you as a peacenik CND, you could war march against. It's amazing how things have changed. Look at this kind of bullying over the poppy. You've got to wear a red poppy. It's Why aren't you? How, it's how sport has become... Yeah. And yeah. So Britain's militarized changed. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's a, gone into a strange phase of um, the little... Em- Little Empire stuff again. I don't. I don't know. It's. Uh, but Corbyn, he, like for example, I'm walking down the street. I mean, someone made the point. He could have stopped and said, "Look, I've had a long night, and I'll I'll answer this question to you." And then your man could have gone. But, it, but and he will learn from that rather than just keep on walking. But and I, I, I still I still go. What? What? You know, there's. You don't have to learn from it. You could actually continue to be. Uh, you know, not you very are. good with the media well, have and have him. good plan. Like he may not get elected <laughs> to be. Prime Minister, and he might not get. I mean, what? What? He, he what could conceivably, to be, to he could Tony conceivably ruin the Labour Party. That's it, that's not good. What do you mean? Not mean, you mean like like could you mean electorally? I mean, electorally they can. They don't, they're never going to be elected unless something dramatic happens in the in the years ahead. I mean, uh, Max Hastings, who's an old dog for the road and wise owl and on the right made a good point actually yesterday on radio with authority saying you know don't assume that everything will change the way it is there could be some major meltdown economically the left could be reborn and I mean not in a kind of watered down mm. Miliband version but actually the full blood of the thing you just don't okay. know what's happening All right. um, Bernice Harrison Barry Devlin and uh, Eamon Delaney are our guests today we're going through the Sunday papers we'll have more on the Sunday papers and indeed uh, I suppose an Irish version of uh, socialism uh, after uh, the short break but just before we go to that break 200 days tomorrow to the last possible uh, date for the general election we've asked a number of experts to call the election uh, here's one sample Audrey Flynn, political analyst. I'm fairly certain at this stage that uh, the leader of the next government will be Enda Kenna yet again. It is very, very difficult to see how anybody else other than Fine Gael are going to get uh, the number of seats that would actually exclude them from government. I think that if they will get something in the region of 40% between themselves and Labour after the budget, then I suspect that they will actually have a snap election at that point. Because a lot of the opposition is actually fragmented. There are quite a number of small parties and independents. And I think that at 40%, it would be probably the equivalent of 43, 44%. 
And while I don't believe that Fine Gael and Labour on their own will be back in government, I think they can put together a coalition with a number of independents or smaller parties which would hold together for about 18 months. And then I believe we would see another election in, in the autumn of 2017, which would end up with probably with a much more stable government. You know, the great thing about socialists and social democrats, because we don't believe in capitalism, we know how to f- manage <laughs> and that was uh, Jeremy Corbyn there. No, it wasn't. It was Rory Quinn uh, addressing the uh, the Labour Party. Uh, a late night uh, <laughs> contribution from well, Rory Quinn. Fairly passionate the, stuff. Uh, yeah, the diction, on, the diction on capitalism was a, is a little ropey. But um, yeah. anyway, uh, fair bit of coverage of it. In there's today's a fair papers. bit of coverage in the today's pa- in today's papers. Um, for those uh, people who have heard that there, he could have said, uh, the speech apparently was a very long speech at, at the Labour thinking, but of course, the only thing that we know about it was that one line that he says, and Owen Harris, uh, you know, repeats it. He says, is uh, because we don't believe in capitalism, capitalism, we know how to effing manage, man, we, we know how to effing manage it, he says. Um, and then uh, Owen Harris goes on to make the point about, about you know, his capitalistic €85,000 pension, mm. which he doesn't seem to have any trouble uh, accepting. Now, um, Brenda Power, uh, the headline, Sober Reflection on, Queen, on Quinn's Speech. I knew you read that out as Queen's Speech. Um, more claret than clarity was how one observer summarised <laughs> Rory Quinn's uh, spirit address to the Labour faithful at last week's party thinking. Apparently Quinn initially had said that the speech had been made at 5.30 so we couldn't have been tired in motion. Yeah, I think he told fact, Pat Kenny that actually. Yes, in, but in fact it was station. at 11 o'clock which is quite late for a speech I would have thought. Um, it gives an insight of what goes on at these party conferences mm-hmm. and people are still giving speeches at 11 o'clock at night. Um, but look, this is what happens at every party conference. These are the sort of stories that always emerge, and that's great. Otherwise, oh. who would pay any attention to them? Mm. Amy Daly, what did you make of it? Well, I thought it was uh, great, actually. Good spirited stuff. Mm. Uh, and fair play to Rory, who's quite the bruiser, actually. People forget, you know, he may have all the floral ties and Dublin Four smoked salmon socialists, but he's a good tough nut, and he's been around government. The man who walked in in the room and said, We've come for a head. Albert, yours or Harry's uh, during the 94 thing. I think it's also good that I hope Labour going into this election will fight their rear guard against um, a lot of the, the really negative, aggressive, anti-water stuff. A lot of it's valid, but a lot of it's really, they will receive it more than Fine Gael and uh, mm, they will yeah. have Fianna Fáil being uh, opportunist and hypocritical on the other side. So I hope they stand their ground because there's good, it wouldn't be naturally my party maybe but there's good people there mm. and I think he's so this is good he's geeing them up and some things he said actually were you know you know we've we, you know we did they've uh, been the fulcrum for pushing through a lot of the liberalization of Irish society uh, from the 80s 90s right through they've been the kind of modified some of the economic stuff that the other parties wanted to do at different eras and yeah stand on your record and it's fair play to you Rory you know do you agree Barry Devon yeah I mean, I think, um, I suppose what you could ask about it, aside from whether it's tired and emotional or funny or whatever, is, is it true? Uh, have Labour shown, no, have Labour shown a capacity to manage capitalism uh, because they don't believe in it? Uh, and the reckoning government is exactly the same as Fine Gael's, mm. and it seems uh, ironic that they're taking the stick uh, for mm. for what is effectively a, and, and I suppose it's something about hell having no fury like a Labour voter scorned or whatever. Well, I mean, yeah. they're, they're, uh, but but they're, they they're, also promised 
to do things a lot differently mm-hmm. than they've actually done. I mean, that's the yeah. that's the big problem. Yeah, but so did Finnegan. So Fine- Fine- I mean, yeah. possibly yeah. to a lesser extent. I mean, yeah. that famous, t- you know, the Tesco ad. Oh yeah, yeah, but we can yeah. about these things forever. I mean, I, I, so I'm not, yeah, well. I, yeah, I know. But like, did you think many people who walk around the streets remember the Tesco ads? I, I, I wonder is that more of a media reflex. Like, oh, Maria Queen, you signed the thing about third level well, fees. They picked six things that they said they said wouldn't they do. Yeah, and then they did find. Yeah, but you know, I think people probably do remember that kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I think the lecture is much more. D- dissipated and fragmented and there's various things I think it's just a lot of it it's um, the water charges and that became a, uh, too much for a lot of working class voters who support them middle class voters may feel differently but uh, and they're going to be punished for that but bear in mind Stephen that O'Brien they, they, they is let off the public sector like Labour got their way and saw a lot of things like big belly you know SMEs suffer much more in comparison to those who are you know, vested interests that, that are attached to the Labour Party so they got their way in a lot of different things yeah. and uh Stephen O'Brien has an interesting piece in the Sunday Times today where he basically says he's got his hand on some research that the Labour Party did, which basically shows they have lost their working class vote. And he's saying one of the reasons they went, they had this deal with, the, they're going to have this uh, electoral strategy with Fine Gael is because they hope it'll shore up their, their middle class yeah, vote. Of course. But, but they would, have lost that. Well, I would have said that was obvious for some time. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, 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 absolutely. And, and, and Fine Gael also need them to stay in the game to get the transfers. So you're looking at 1970s, 80s again, uh, you know, a kind of social democratic Fine Gael element coalescing. And as you say, Barry, there's not a lot of difference in some respects between the two parties uh, at the join. But no, I mean, Sinn Féin, they will not do as well as we thought, but they're definitely here to stay. And so is the, the harder left, you know, uh, Joe Higgins' party and, um, and and the independents. So it's, and then also Social Democrats, remember, no matter how small they are, if they take... Mm-hmm. You know, votes away from, yeah, mm-hmm. from middle class, uh, yeah. from, you know. We're looking ahead to the general election a little bit later on the programme after 11 o'clock because uh, tomorrow it'll be basically 200 days till the last possible date for a general election. Any of you guys fancy calling the next general election? Uh, Eamon, do you, do you want to hazard a guess as to who will form the next I government? I think we're going to be talking about this uh, general election forever until it actually comes. It's going to be a long 200 oh, days. I think it's the really Japanese yeah, are yeah. a good outside yeah. bet, you know, yeah. to form the next government. I mean, uh, you know, and then we've got this budget coming and this has been mm. the most leaked budget get off the pot anyway I think it will be uh, Fine Gael and Labour again supported uh, supported by smaller parties and whether it's Renewa who could have a couple of seats or the Social Democrats or Independents that's the question or all of the above Mm. yeah or all of the above maybe they might say we cannot do a deal red line issue but they'll hold their noses and do it I think that's the side that the government we formed I can't see Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin being Sinn Féin are happy to sit it out and you know bask in the virtue of being in opposition forever. Yeah, very, very. You know, the, the quickest way. How do you, how do you become a, a millionaire in airline? You know, join the airline business. How do you become a, a much smaller party? Join you know become the junior partner in yeah. government. In mm. government, I don't think uh, Sinn Féin would really want to be the junior partner in anyone right at right now. It wouldn't be an uh, interest yeah. at all. I think. Uh, uh, Owen Harris certainly agrees with uh, with you, Eamon. I mean, he figures it's Enda and Labour and a few... Yeah, we're going to be hearing Democrats. from Owen Harris a little later in the programme. He also thinks Enda Kenny should go for a snap election. Snap which election. He I think you'd, you'd probably welcome Bernice. You wouldn't have 200 days <laughs> of, uh, of debate. Come here, let's talk about the, the refugee crisis because uh, it's, I mean, still a lot of coverage, uh, Bernice, across And we're still uh, the calling it the refugee crisis. It's still a crisis yeah. and there's no sign of a debating. And... Europe is, is it's put the spotlight hasn't it on Europe and free movement within the 28 countries 
th- very was, difficult situation. I mean, a uh, int- very interesting piece in the Sunday Times Day talking about Germany as well, and sort of say, I mean, Germany has has opened its borders effectively, yeah. But now the the practical ramifications of that, yeah, they're starting to uh, feel. And now Austria, like it's every every so second day, cope, there's basically. a new country comes into the mix. Now Austria is in the mix. Austria, what a ten thousand or eight thousand um, uh, refugees came, went into Austria yesterday, and now they can't cope. So it's sort of the, you get the feeling of this movement that nobody knows what to do with or where it's just any solution does mm. not seem to be coming forward yeah, totally totally. as, as a former diplomat uh, Eamon Delaney uh, it is, it's a difficult one to, to get a solution to it, it is but Bernice absolutely right it shows an utter lack of leadership at the top of the EU uh, the chickens is have that, found is that too easy a thing to, to, uh, mm. to how, how do you solve this well, you, I mean, well, this, it's uh, very uh, difficult to solve this well but there's no po- like, like you don't there's no coherent policy at all I mean we just have uh, the Germans going solo I mean, incredibly, just saying, well, we want to take all these people and we sort of think you as fellow EU member states should do the same. And Germany has its own reasons to, to want to pursue the thing it did and then it changed its mind in a few days it put up its uh, fences. Uh, so countries like Hungary, Croatia are kind of alarmed that huge numbers of uh, people coming into their countries. They're putting up their borders and they're siphoning them off towards other EU states. It's just, it's cack-handed. There's no overall shape. But, you know, we've known this for some time in terms of financial crisis and dealing with bailouts and that there's like we now haven't developed uh, and we'll, maybe we, we as member states and mem- uh, European citizens don't want to see developed a European government federal structure or whatever you want to call it that can actually handle this and it just, just that, that, yeah. there may be something bigger Sorry, there is something bigger here I mean this reminds me of 1939 I mean if, uh, you know, it's, the, the, it's the biggest refugee yeah, but the biggest movement, movement since the second you know, world war and yeah. it's, it's, it seems to me that it it's an early harbinger of what we know is coming, which is that people who can't live, you know, as the climate changes and, you know, and people mm-hmm. who can't live in, in, in lands that no longer produce food for them will go wherever they can. Mm. And so it's just earlier than we thought. I, I don't think it's a crisis at all. I think it's the start of the new order. I genuinely well, do. You're, uh, you're right. The, the, the apocalyptic paint, p- pictures have been painted of the future in terms of North Africa and the Middle East. Yeah, yeah. And you're well, right. Not that, they're not that apocalyptic. They're no, there, no, 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 exactly. Yeah, they're not alarmist. Yeah, I mean, no, look at the meltdown. I was looking at Syria yesterday, actually. Yeah. The, but the only, law, one, only one in five of the refugees are Syrian. Oh, There's I know a phenomenon that. about yeah. people going, so the we can go and live in the place... These people are rich. Why can't we have a yeah. little bit of yeah. of their riches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what Germany did was go, yes, you can have a little bit. And then they went, oh, my God, this is slightly too much. Absolutely. You, you know, nailed it. Absolutely. That's exactly uh, what uh, happened. Uh, so there, people are looking on from afar and thought. So that's why I think Merkel put, like, I, I think it was a wonderful gesture. But to say that and not think it out gave the wrong, gave the wrong signal. But, but, it, but it's what also, do we do? Do we close, <laughs> well, do we close I, the borders? Well, no. Well, I think I think do we I think open the borders? Well, I think <laughs> we, should, we should definitely... Think about something more developed and more more than just you guys can all come in because you're first at the fence, but not the people after mm. you. I mean, there is. I, I am a bit surprised and dismayed by the begrudging attitude, has to be said, by where, like in Britain particularly, where we have it very good here, and you people over there, uh, you know, that's tough, and you're not really a refugee from a war, but sure, you're only from a country that's poor and has malaria, whatever. I mean, this seems to fly in the face of the whole concept of international aid and cooperation, and it, it just it's it's. It's piecemeal. It's reactive. It's but, not but taught out. But Where is the United Nations in all this as well? I mean, see, I have made this point in other discussions. That why is the EU the world's uh, ambulance man and policeman? I mean, why, why, where are the other? 
where are the rich Saudi states? Where is Japan, Australia, Canada? Well, the, the rich Saudi states are never going to get involved. Well, I, I know I mean, that. Yeah. I, I mean, having what, fueled what, the wars as well. What, I mean, what 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 we what I think we're looking at here is, I mean, you're saying it's a bit cack-handed, and yes, it is. But I think it's that's largely to do with the fact that one, it happened very quick, mm. and two, it's very scary. It's mm. incredibly scary. Mm-hmm. There, there is the prospect that that. Uh, just that there's going to be a mass there's a phenomenon here it's not Mm. a crisis there's a phenomenon Mm. that people have suddenly gone why not go there why not get some of what the Irish have got you know uh, why not have some you know I mean we and and our lifestyle isn't um, isn't neutral we can only live the way we can because a bunch of people live in hideous poverty. Well, I don't know and about that, Barry. I mean, that's well, uh, no, it's that, all either that, or, that, you know. That, that, that's the that's the reality of it. Well, I mean, if you if you if you divided the world's resources equally, we'd all be on bikes. And well, we'd be happy of, doing it. Of educate. I mean, we can help to bring up other economies too, and that's what I mean. Ireland sends seven hundred million abroad in development aid every year, mainly to seven or eight countries, and we're doing a lot to bring those countries up to. Yeah, but, but, but they, 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 may, they may not have that advanced view of it that you have. The guy, you know, the guys in Syria who aren't getting oh, that yeah, money, sure, and they're no, going, no. "Why don't? Why not well, go down?" You, you talked about sorry, the environment and, and global warming. Then the overpopulation has been looked at. I mean, like having uh, the rapid uh, population increase in the world had tailed off a bit. I, I think about a decade ago, but now it's gone back up again. Alarming. I mean, a million, millions of people, and, and recklessly, you know, governments which in countries which have not provided for this, so they're going to think, okay, especially through social media, I can get to a better place. Yeah. Right, um, and that's yeah. what they're doing and you know how we cope with it is alright more from the papers in a moment now as I was saying uh, tomorrow marks 200 days to the last possible <laughs> date for a general election Bernice <laughs> is shaking her head with horror <laughs> at the thought <laughs> 200 days, 200 uh, days. the thoughts of Ivan Yates and Owen Harris to mm. come but we've been asking a range of political experts for their thoughts on who's going to form the next government and why Welcome back to the Sunday Show, Shane Coleman, with you until noon today. Now, we're going through the uh, the Sunday papers with uh, Bernice Harrison of the Irish Times, Barry Devlin of Horse Lips, and uh, journalist Eamon Delaney. Uh, Barry, not only are you going through the Sunday papers, you're actually in the Sunday <laughs> papers today. I'm looking time and place in the uh, the Sunday Times, and uh, it's a piece where you kind of recall happy days in your, your Donegal Lodge. I, I, I Sounds I very grand. I, I obviously bestride the media like a great bestriding <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Larissa Dunn's piece. Uh, 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 Larissa Nolan's piece. Larissa right. Nolan's yeah, piece. Uh, yeah, yeah. A couple of things jumped out at me. One is that uh, you used to have groupies from Derry who'd come over when you were staying there and recording and they'd kind of wash dishes and stuff here. Yeah, you know, you, one the thing, was, things uh, you can't actually say anymore. You know, yeah. gir- girls uh, girls on wash dishes, is that's a, <laughs> quite the wrong uh, juxtaposition, completely unacceptable. They they weren't, they definitely weren't groupies. They were, I mean, for, first of all, we didn't know anything about that stuff. They were just... Yeah, were you're just saying girls, all very innocent. Yeah, they were just girls who liked to sing. They used to come up and sing. And, uh, and but one, one of them was, was Amanda the, uh, Burton. Amanda yeah, Burton, the yeah, gorgeous yeah. Amanda And Francis yeah. Campbell was another oh, one. And so we, so we had a house Not very rock and roll, though, was it? <laughs> it, was fa- it was very, it was absolutely lovely. We, it was on a lake, and we used to go out and, and, and row out in a boat. There was a, there was a cranog in the middle of the lake, and you know, the, it was great. It was, it was genuinely and idyllic. Was it like what, Jeremy Corbyn and Diane Abbott. Yes, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we didn't have a motorbike. <laughs> stolen <laughs> half hour. Yes, he did have a car though, and there's a great story. Jim Lockhart. Oh but yeah, yeah, you know, we, yeah. Jim was learning to drive, and it was my, it was our manager's car, Michael Dini. It was quite a powerful motor, a, 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 a Rover twenty two hundred, and there was a there was a long road that led along the side of the lake, 
uh, to the house, and and we were we were all sitting around one afternoon, and Jim had gone off to to practice his driving, and we saw him coming back along along the lake road. And it was a bit like a Disney cartoon. It was sort of like he'd get cl- closer and closer, faster and faster, and we're kind of going. Mm, I wonder if he'll be able to stop. And suddenly, <laughs> the whole house shook. <laughs> and we went to the kitchen and Jimmy was peering in at us through the kitchen window and the nose of the car was in the kitchen. He actually went through the... <laughs> now, that is rock and roll. Yeah, you know, it's very rock and roll. Yeah, like, a bit like Keith. But he... Uh, yeah, the house was made of asbestos, though. So oh, that, uh, the, the girls weren't washing the dishes, though, when he drove into the kitchen. No, okay. Um, Eamon, Delaney, you're writing in the Irish Mail on Sunday about... Uh, Dev. Yeah, it's a lovely story. Um, Eamon O'Keefe, when he was an Isle of Man, actually, as a minister, he was approached by uh, a woman who lived in Douglas, the capital of the Isle of Man, and she had documents about... Uh, she was descended from a man who was the British officer who arrested Eamon O'Keefe's grandfather, Eamon de Valera, in the 1916 Rising. And um, he's had these for some time, and they'd be on show at the National Ploughing Championships. Basically, this man, the captain, I've forgotten his name, it's a very English name, but uh, in 1938, he wrote to Neville Chamberlain, who was about to meet de Valera, uh, one of these Anglo-Irish summits to try and move things along. It was also the meeting at which the ports were returned, which the British regretted, of course, yeah. within a year of the World War. And uh, this captain said to Chamberlain, why don't you, you're meeting de Valera, I arrested him in 1916 after the insurrection, why don't you give the good man back his binoculars? And uh, so Chamberlain did that with de Valera in Downing Street and said, here's the binoculars that were taken off in 1916. Uh, and then de Valera wrote to this man on Piccadilly Hotel, headed no paper, <laughs> I love that, st- that bit, straight from Poirot. And then... Uh, the correspondence ensued and this this guy in England actually became quite obsessed with de Valera and wrote a lot to him and he was invited over to meet members of the Dublin Brigade of the old IRA uh, he was and in 1967 he came and was given an honorary membership of the old IRA the British officer who had arrested Dev in Fantastic. 1916 Great. it's a lovely story yeah um, Ber- Bernice uh, obviously you cover TV for mm-hmm. the Irish yes. Times um, we should mention Downton Abbey Downton Abbey it, it, it has jumped the shark quite a while ago. Of course but, it has. But I'll still be glued to it. Of course it'll still be glued to it. It'll pull in an audience of eight or nine million, not Eamon. Eamon's no. not going to be watching it. Cla- um, is it. Can we watch it tonight, though? Is it on well, UTV mm, Ireland? Now, no. Um, it's yet another mess for UTV Ireland. Um, it's on an ITV. It's an ITV drama. Uh, so it's on an ITV. And because of a prior uh, contractual arrangement between ITV and TV3, TV3 get to show it, but not tonight. They're showing it on Tuesday. Okay. So it's not great for Downton fans, um, but it's Series 6. So I think those of us who have stuck with it, even though it's dementedly dreadful, but it doesn't matter. It's, first series was brilliant. Yeah, Second series was good, yeah, and it's been kind of downhill barking, ever since. But you watch for the costumes. You watch for Maggie Smith, who must be about 110 in this by now, because it's been going on for so long. Yeah, um, We're now in the 20s, I think. Uh, so the oh, costumes, I think we're even... Yeah, we we're in the 20s, 20s last series. We might yeah, be yeah. late 20s now. Yeah. So presumably Mary will find a suitor. Presumably Miss Hughes and Mr. Carson will get it together. All these, what will happen? And basically it heralds 
Kyle's Christmas because it'll end, it'll, it'll mm. rock up New Year's. Yeah. Well, Tiffany's blockers can I look in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never, you see, tune in, Eamon. You never I know. I give it a chance. I'll overcome <laughs> my class struggle with Jeremy Corbyn and actually watch the thing. Speaking of barking, I do have to ask you while you're here. Dr. <laughs> Foster, the big oh, BBC Foster, yeah. autumn mm, drama. Yeah, uh, yeah. Featuring I, Saran mm, Jones. Mm-hmm. What a turkey. I know, what a turkey. I mean, we literally, I, we were rolling yeah, around the couch last night. It is extraordinary. Um, for for listeners who haven't tuned into this, this is a six-part BBC series, uh, writ a drama, uh, starring Saran Jones, who is fantastic. Uh, if you've seen Scott and Bailey, you'll know her. It's and it's a great. It, it should be a great old yarn. It's about a middle-class couple. He's having an affair. She finds out. So that's, you know, and affairs, that's the, the meat and potatoes of so many dramas. Should be fantastic. And it's demented. It's absolutely dreadful. You cannot believe one single character. And how many of the of the medical ethics has she broken in the two episodes? I know. Unfortunately, she I... She keeps enlisting patients yeah, to be privatised for her and stuff. It's completely. so implausible. And, uh, unfortunately, I have actually watched five episodes of it. So it I does am, it get any No, better? it doesn't. It gets infinitely worse. So avoid at all costs. Mm, okay. Um, can we, let's go back to the papers, uh, mm-hmm. Barry Devon. Um, Martin McDonough uh, basically reacting in the papers today to accusations that yeah, well, Paddy Whackery, I suppose, being levelled against. What, are, you, are you a Martin McDonough fan? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, the silence, the silence is definitely. <laughs> no, I, I. Do you know? I've the only the only uh, McDonough film I've ever seen. Uh, it was bizarrely it was The Guard. Uh, and well, no, that's I, his I, brother. That's John. Yeah, it's Michael. John. John Michael. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't. I've, I've not seen any Have of you not Martin McDonough's. Oh, I've seen in Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, which I, I, I'm not a huge fan. Of, I'm, 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 I'm uh, in a majority, a minority of one because a lot of people really, really, really liked in Bruce. Mm. But I, I, yeah. I was, I wasn't that convinced by it. Uh, but I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's, it's Paddy Wackery in the sense that Paddy Wackery assumes that you don't know what you're talking about in yeah. a way mm. that you're that you're. That you're not. We talk about the theatre as well, though. This is Lieutenant of Yeah, no, no, yeah, I understand yeah, yeah. that. I understand yeah. that. But I think you can only be accused of Paddy Wackery if you don't know yeah. any better. Yeah, I, and I think he knows better. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I think the way is that, that yeah, I saw a great line about this at the time that the plays were coming out by John Waters, an article in McGill magazine, which I used to edit, named Pl- Historic Retrospective Plug there. But um, saying that the, the, the events that he depicts and the extravagant violence of the West of Ireland, which is in our culture, Millington's saying, and it's just a fact of life uh, can only be reinterpreted in this uh, burlesque yeah. kind of uh, p- way it's postmodern, uh, 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 but uh, 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 and, and, and it really made me look afresh at it because at first I thought okay. Lieutenant of Inishmore that that was the only way it could be and, and in that was a last you know. to you I, mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of the guard I have to say his brother's film and no. I had no interest in seeing Calvary uh, well me neither uh, and I think when his brother came out uh, at that time saying oh you know all the Irish critics are, are against me and you think, hold on a second, these films get massive publicity in this, disproportionate yeah. to their and quality. And quite a bit of funding. And funding. Yeah. So, you know. Okay, listen, we'll have to leave it there. My uh, thanks to Bernice Harrison, uh, to uh, Barry Devon, and uh, to Eamon Delaney.